glad you're here. Our Sunday school is growing. I heard that last Sunday we had one of the larger crowds than we've had in a long time. And just keep coming to Sunday school. And our new class uh, for special needs uh, is growing, and we're excited about that. The room is almost finished. And if you know special needs children, bring them to our Sunday school. We have a class for that. So a lot going on. We're going and growing. You like that? Amen. I love it. Look at John chapter 6, if you will, please. The Gospel according to John chapter 6, verses 66 through 68. Verse 68 will be the text verse. John 6, verse 66. Wasn't it good to see Mr. Jackson up here leading the choir? My goodness. Pray for Roger. He's not feeling well. But Wayne, thank you so much. John 6, 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Look at that question, to whom shall we go? That's the message for this morning. Pray with me, please. Dear Lord, thank you for the privilege of being here. Oh, I'm honored and privileged. And I thank you for everyone before me. And this dear lady, this miracle, Jessica's sister, dear Lord, what a blessing. And all those that are with us, we love you for letting them be here. Now, Holy Spirit, be our preacher. Share with us wonderful words of life. Not only stir our hearts, but change our lives. Meet every need we have. And dear Lord, I praise you for all you do. For asking in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. Peter's question in response to Jesus' question is very suggestive when he asks, to whom shall we go? It, 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 single, it singles out the Lord Jesus. It makes it possible to understand that there's no one else to go to. There's no one else to consider. He's the only one who can impart eternal life. Peter realized that. But it's not just limited to the text about eternal life, even though that's our most important need, is it not? But, but it encompasses everything. Where would you go uh, for peace? Where would you go for joy? Where would you go for help, healing, encouragement, understanding, love? Where would you go for grace, mercy, forgiveness? Where would you go for your family, for finances, your future? There's literally no one else to go to but the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not one of many. He's the only one. Amen. He's the only one that can be considered. He's the only one that can help. He's the only one who can heal. And He's wonderful. To reinforce that, in Revelation chapter 5, John looks up into heaven, there's a scene, and there's a book up there, and it has seven seals on it. And uh, no one can open it. None of the apostles. None of the Old Testament saints, none of the angels, no one can open that book. And John begins to cry. You know why? Because that is the book of redemptive history. And if that book cannot be opened, God's plan of redemption and restoration and for everything in the universe, it cannot be completed unless that book is open. Jesus walks to the front. He opens the book. And the redemptive history continues. He is literally the only one we can go to for anything and all things. Would you agree with that? Amen. So let's look at some things this morning 
in relation to that. First of all, he's the only one you can go to in times of discouragement. In 1 Kings 19, this great Old Testament prophet, Elijah, this prophet of fire, this spectacular prophet, oh my, what a colorful man, an exciting man, but here he is running for his life from a woman. You say, I'd never do that. You never met Jezebel. (laughs) Running for his life. And after he ran all day, he was physically exhausted, emotionally drained, he sat down under a tree and he said, it is enough, I want to die. Have you ever said that? It's enough. I've had all I can take. I can't take anymore. Dear Lord, this is enough. In times of discouragement, there's no one else you can go to but the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to have friends. It's good to have family. But they cannot meet your innermost needs, your uttermost needs. No one can go down into the very depths and core of your being and touch the areas that need to be touched other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one you go to in times of discouragement. David said in Psalm 27, 13, I had fainted. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The great Apostle Paul, the greatest man we have any record of in the Bible other than our own Savior. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth said, you know what happened to me over in Asia. It was a burden that came on me so heavy. I was so overwhelmed. I said, this will take my life. Now this was the great Apostle Paul. And he said in 2 Corinthians 1.8, I despaired even of life. There's no one else Paul could go to but the Savior. Did he hear him? Did he help him? Of course he did. And he kept on until the day his work was finished. The Lord hears and helps every time. Papa, do you believe that? Of course he does. No one else to go to but the Savior in times of discouragement. I love this title ascribed to our Lord in Isaiah 53, verse 3. is called, A Man of Sorrow. Aren't you glad he knows what sorrow is and what pain is? I love the song, Man of Sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. I'm glad he's called the Man of Sorrows because he knows how it feels. He knows what you're thinking. He's been there. Man of Sorrows. In Hebrews 4.15, we're told that we have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He can be touched. He's always touched. He understands how you feel. Now, when you're discouraged, you can go talk to somebody about it. If you've got a best friend, you trust them, they won't break your confidentiality, go ahead and talk to them. But understand this, nobody can meet your innermost needs ultimately and finally. No one can do that but the Lord Jesus Christ. Times of discouragement. Last Thursday evening, I was in the emergency room with my dear darling, Miss Wanda. The doctor had called and said, you've had a heart attack recently. And a few weeks ago, she did grab her chest. We didn't think a lot about it, but uh, the EKG, we were getting clearance for the surgery, and she had had one back in August, and they compared the two, and they said, something's wrong here. And the doctor said, you've had a heart attack. I took her to the ER Thursday night, and they did another ER, I mean, an EKG, and they said, yes, you've had a heart attack. And so uh, there I was in that room with my darling, my little girl, sweetheart, known her since I was 15 years old. Since she was 15, I was 16. First time I ever met her, Lord, you don't know what happened when I kissed that girl. 
She rolled my socks down and back up again. I thought, man, what a woman. I got to have this gal. And for 56 years, she's been mine. But we were there in that room. She lay on the hospital bed. I was over in the chair. That room began to close in a little. It got a little darker in there, so it seemed. And in a little while, the door opened, and I knew who it was. Mr. Discouragement. He came in, he had a sad look on his face. He walked over to me, put his hand on my shoulder, looked down into my eyes and said, Now, Ron, what are you going to do? I took his hand, lifted it up off my shoulder, I turned him toward heavenward, and I did what I always do. I cried out to the Lord. And he heard me, and he helped me in that time of discouragement. He always hears, he always helps. And He always takes care of things. Has your circumstances changed? No. But He changed me in them and that's even better. If this is not real, I'm going home. I'm not coming back. I won't stand up here and preach something I don't believe in. It really is real. It works. He cares. You can go to Him in times of discouragement when you can't go to anybody else. And He cares and He takes care of the situation. I don't know what the circumstances are going to be. I don't know what's out in the future, but I do know this. He has everything under control and He's giving me His peace and I love Him for that. Amen. You can go to Him in times of discouragement. Second page, you'd like to know what it is. Say amen. amen. You can go to Him in times of uncertainty. Hey everybody, welcome to the new normal. Do you love the 21st century? This is crazy, isn't it? This is crazy living. It's nothing like it used to be. The new normal is so subnormal it makes the abnormal look normal. I hope you got that because I can't say that again. I'll never get it right. But honestly, it's so far removed from what it used to be. It's nothing like uh, the traditional living that we used to enjoy as American citizenry. We're, we're just far, far removed from that. So far removed. There are no certainties anymore. There are no absolutes. But the Apostle said this in 2 Timothy 3, 1, he gave us a heads up. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That word perilous is interesting. It means difficult, annoying, uncertain. That's a running commentary on 21st century living, is it not? The apostle hit it right. Amen. In times of uncertainty, there's no one else to go to but the dear Lord Jesus. He knows the future of this nation. He knows the future of our churches, our families. He's the only one who can help. He's the only one we can go to in times of uncertainty. Several years ago, I was driving down... 53 there right through town in Calhoun. By the way, don't go in there at 5 o'clock on Friday. I don't know what's happened to our little town of Calhoun, but it looks like Atlanta in there at 5 o'clock on Friday on 53. It's terrible. But I was going down through there, and James Kennedy was on this before he passed away, the great Presbyterian pastor. What a statesman. What a wonderful man. Intelligent man. Loved God and great defender of the faith. James Kennedy said this several years ago. I was driving down 53. He said, we've lived to see the fall of Western civilization. What a statement. 
I already suspected that, I already thought that, but to hear him say it just drove it home, Doug. We have lived to see the fall of Western civilization. You know what that means? Hundreds of years of traditional living that was based on biblical principles is gone. It has fallen. It is no more. And it probably will never come back. America is not about to fall. America has fallen. But here's the positive thing. We're not here to salvage America. We're not here to win society. We're here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ until the day he says, come home my bride, come home, it's time for you to be with me in heaven. That's what we're doing here, sharing the gospel. It's not trying to keep America alive. It's trying to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with sinners. That is our responsibility to pray and to vote. It really is. But ultimately and finally, you better understand this, there's no one to turn to in times of uncertainty but the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. He is the ultimate political leader. Jesus Christ is the ultimate political leader. You say, why do you say that? Because he will establish his own government. That's a politician. Jesus is the ultimate political leader. He will establish a true government, a theocracy, where God rules over men, and that's the only thing that's going to work. Nothing else is going to work when he comes and he establishes his government and he rules, then this world will be set aright again but not until. Isaiah 9, 6, And the government shall be upon his shoulder, this great politician, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelation 2, 27, He shall rule. I'm glad He's coming and He's going to reign. And these times of uncertainty will be certain again and everything will make sense again. Right now it's Barnum and Bailey three ring circus. But when he comes, it'll make sense again. Aren't you glad he has a master plan? And nobody can interrupt that. Nobody can stop that. He will rule. It'd be a good place to live then. You don't have to lock your doors at night. Crime will go down. You know why? He will enforce the law. He'll have his own government. He'll have his own cabinet members. They'll be honest. They'll do what their commander-in-chief tells them to do. He will rule the world from Jerusalem. Do you believe that? Amen. Yes, sir. He'll rule the world. And then... This will be kind of like heaven on earth. It won't be, but my soul, longevity of life will be restored. Somebody can die of 100 years of age and they'll say, I'm just so young. What a kid. Just 100. I'm 73 and sometimes I think I don't know if I can even get out of bed. Can you imagine being 100 and saying you're just a kid? I had a, I had a Lincoln Continental one time. The Lord has forgiven me for buying that thing, but it took one. It had a systems check on it, Larry Brand. It had a systems check. And you could press a button and it'd go through the electrical. You could press a button and go through the fuel. You could press a button and go through the air pressure. You could, you know, it had a systems check on that car. Every morning when I get up, 
I do assistance check. Everything working, Ron? Yeah. Yeah, assistance check. But oh, when the Savior comes, listen, there won't be any poverty. There won't be any kids going to bed hungry, crying because they have nothing to eat. They'll all be gone. He'll take care of it all. Uh, there'll be, it'll be absolutely amazing at worldwide prosperity. And it'll be because the King is here. The King has finally come. In times of uncertainty, ladies and gentlemen, listen, I know it's kind of tough on all of us, but listen to me. Run to Jesus with your times of uncertainty and He'll settle you down, give you peace, and say, listen, I've got this. I'll take care of it. I've got a master plan, and I'm going to see to it that it's fulfilled. Then there's a third and final thing, and that is in times of spiritual need. This brings us back to the text. To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Listen to me, listen to me. Everyone in this room, listen carefully. Are you absolutely sure that you're saved by the grace of God, that Jesus lives in your heart, and if you die today, you'll go to heaven? Be absolutely sure of that. Now, the only one you can go to to be absolutely sure of that is the one who gives eternal life, the Lord Jesus Himself. I'm glad He came to me. I couldn't get to Him, but He came to me. Holy Spirit introduced Him to me and wooed me into his loving arms. And I asked him to save me, and he did. And that was when I was a 14-year-old boy, and he's kept me by his wonderful power ever since. He's the only one who can give eternal life. Don't take for granted that people understand that anymore. Oh, my soul. You would think after 2,000-plus years of gospel preaching by the Christian church that everybody would know how to be saved. Not so. Not so. A lot of confusion about what it takes to go to heaven. You could stand out on a busy street corner tomorrow, anywhere in this country, and you could ask a dozen people, hey, what do you think it takes to get to heaven? And you'd get six or seven, at least six or seven different responses. People do not know what it takes to get to heaven. You go to Jesus. You ask Him to forgive you. He has eternal life to give as a gift to you. But there's so much ignorance. Brent, ben Franklin said this, Ben Franklin, the only thing more expensive than education is ignorance. It's very costly. And it's everywhere. I've never seen such ignorance about simple, fundamental, biblical truth about what you must do to be born again. People just don't seem to know. That Jesus is the only Savior. He's not one of many ways to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. So where do you go for spiritual needs to be met? You go to the only one who can meet them. The Savior Himself. The church. This church is not the Savior. But we are the caretaker of the most wonderful, precious truth in all the world, and that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must get that out at any cost. We're caretakers of that wonderful message. Christ died for sinners, was buried and rose again the third day. We're not the Savior, but we're caretakers of His truth. He's the Savior. 
1 Timothy 3.15, the church is called the pillar and ground of the truth. We have the truth here. We're not ashamed of the truth here at Fellowship Baptist Church, are we? This church has survived and not only survived, but going forward through all kinds of things. COVID-19, sicknesses, illnesses, financial reversements, people getting sick, all kinds of things happening. And yet here we are and we're going forward and we're doing quite well. And you know why? Because we're sharing the truth of the Word of God. We make much of Jesus. And any church that makes much of Jesus, Jesus makes much of that church. That's why this church is here and going forward and doing so well. Is because of that. And may it ever be so. Always sharing the truth. I love the songs here. I, it's not that 7-Eleven stuff where you have seven words and repeat them 11 times. I love the gospel.